Hey guys, thank you, or y'all, whatever. Paul got on to me for saying guys last time. Guys and girls, I will say. <laughs> Hi everyone, thanks for joining us. I know it was short notice and I apologize for that. Um, just a lot of a lot of busyness and activity going on around here at Eat to Perform. So um, excited about our topic today. Um, as you, oh, this is, um, okay, this is recomp. I just had the wrong, this says adaptation prevention. It's not adaptation prevention. It's performance recomp. Um, and we will get into all things related to performance recomp. So we're going to go fast, get this show on the road. Um, but real quick introductions. I think most of you know all four of us, but I'll just start. I'm Susie Glassman, so I generally moderate building blocks. And a uh, longtime coach, longtime um, macro tracker, <laughs> all of that good stuff. Um, and certainly excited about this topic because um, this is where things get done. So, Amber, your turn. Hey guys, Amber here. Uh, I'll just go with Susie, longtime coach. <laughs> Um, goodness, I am psyched to talk to you guys about recomp, um, simply because that's where we live 99% of the time and um, encourage my athletes at my CrossFit gym to be in recomp when they are, um, gosh, building some muscle and, and crushing some workouts. So super excited to talk to you about this topic. Susie? Awesome. Okay, Ed, your turn. All right. Uh, for those that don't know me. I am Coach Ed, I've been on staff for about two years, been counting macros for about four years now. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in exercise science. I minored in pre-med, uh, love playing sports, working out, uh, you know, just living a healthy, active lifestyle and helping others uh, achieve all of their fitness goals too. Awesome, all right, Paul, what do you have for us today? Well, what I have is that literally three minutes ago, we said we weren't gonna do intros. People know who we are. <laughs> I'm Paul, and if you're wondering why I keep going out of the screen, it's because I got a booger. I'm trying to get that out of my nose. So let's start this thing. Okay, we'll get into it. So performance recomp. Um, what are we talking about? Paul, I, I like to have you kind of give us an overview, and then Amber, Ed, and I will I'll comment on anything we think that you left out or anything additional we can add. I cannot see the slide. I don't yeah. know if oh, all now. No. Oh, you know what? I am not sharing my screen. That would be why. Okay. Can you see it now? So performance recomp is, is basically recomp, right? And recomp is where you are putting on muscle with trying to keep fat gain to a minimum. Now, the thing that's important for people to understand is that neither of those things work in a linear fashion. Right. And so can it be a little frustrating? Yeah, but you're going to have to put your big boy, big girl pants on and realize that's just the way that this shit works. Right. And so, you know, if you can get there mentally, what you're going to find is the long term view is going to be a lot easier for you to understand. And it won't have you chasing these immediate rainbows. Right. Um, should you gain weight? Great example. Um, I came out of uh, my first fat loss stage. I'm actually doing the second fat loss stage. This is why we're kind of doing these things in, in sort of an order. 
Um, the day before Thanksgiving, my weight was 194.4. Uh, two days ago, my weight was 193.8. And then today, this morning, um, it was 194.4 again. What's the difference? When I came out of fat loss, that was my weight. Actually, I think I think my weight was right at 193.9 coming out of fat loss. Um, so you can see a little fluctuation, and certainly there's been a little bit more fluctuation, right? But you can, you know, what I think people do that doesn't serve them real well is focus on the days that their weight is 195.1, and don't focus on the days where their weight's 193.8. Really focus on kind of that low days weight. Will your weight fluctuate? Yes. Will your weight go up? That's up to you, right? It, people say that to me all the time. My my macros have gone up right at a thousand calories, and I've been able to maintain my weight. Why? Because I'm a boss. That's how I get shit done, you know. <laughs> and you have to like tackle it like that. You can't go, oh, woe is me. Calories hate me, you know. Like you, you. You have to figure out, and, and just so you know, I'm not like getting in 70,000 steps a day and training for three ultra marathons all at the same time. I'm just doing me, right? I'm just, you know, I mean, one of my little tricks is that as I'm walking around, as I'm on phone calls, I walk around my house, you know, because it's kind of cold here in Minnesota. So I'm not particularly dying to go outside all the time to get in. So, uh, I don't think you should expect weight gain. I do think you should expect some fluctuation. And you might need to gain two to three pounds, right, to lose 20. So keep that in mind as we talk about recomp. Um, I want to lose weight, not maintain. Too bad. That's not the way your body wants to work, right? The problem that you run into, like when you think about why we set up the system the way that we do it, it's really simple. We're giving you options. So a good example of how this works is retirement. Brad uses this a lot. So you may never need a nickel in all of your retirement, right? And so, sorry, the... Um, I'm probably going to close something that's going to affect this, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, you may never need a nickel in your retirement, but having that as an option to draw from is awfully convenient, right? That's how weight loss works, right? You have to put money in the bank to make a withdrawal. Now, you may never need to make a withdrawal. Right. Like I said, you know, if I wanted to stay in this 193 range, you know, I could probably do it for a very long time. But as my calories start to increase, it's going to become more and more difficult. And so the reason why I'm going to push that kind of on the top end so I can actually see, you know, I mean, is my weight going to go to 195, 196? Yeah, but I'm trying to get to 184, right? So you have to realize that you can't withdraw money that you've not deposited, 
And that's the biggest concept within dieting. So all these people that want to maintain their weight kind of sit at 1,600 calories, eat their chicken and kale. Guess what's going to happen when you have cheesecake or go to your birthday or go on vacation or go do anything, right? And that's not even talking about trying to get better at exercise, trying to get abs, trying to look better in the mirror, right? All the things that actually matter to people and why they buy stuff like this. And so that's the key that I think is really important because it's awfully nice to think, well, I could stay at 1,600 calories, but you're not going to get anywhere, right? You're not going to adapt to your exercise. Your body is going to adjust to that, and you will gradually gain weight in that instance because basically homeostasis will take effect. So what homeostasis is basically how the body finds balance, right? So the body's going to find balance at 1600 or it's going to find balance at 3800, right? Which one thinks which one do you think gives you the most options? Right? It's the 3800, right? Now I'm not saying to you don't freak out, you know, I can't eat 3800. Maybe you can't. But I can tell you this, we have 115 pound women that do eat 3800, right? And they struggle to keep weight on. So all of you are different. Part of the process is for your coach to be able to kind of use, when we think about how we've set things up, it's a filter that allows your coach to make better decisions for you. And then, you know, you kind of decide how you go. But the last thing I want to say about performance recomp, which is technically recomp, but we want to really people to focus on the performance side, is that um, you need to think of it as the not dieting piece, right? And the not dieting piece should represent the majority of how you eat all of the time, right? Lane Norton often says that to have success at dieting, that means that you should be not dieting at least as long as you've been dieting. So if you've been dieting for 15 to 30 years, you're screwed. No, the, <laughs> the, you're going to have to build back some metabolism, right? The good news is, is that metabolism is very dynamic and your metabolism will recover faster. And each time you do it, you'll get better and better at it. And in that process, your whole relationship with food will change. Yes. I'm totally like that little little doll that you pull the string out of yeah. the back and it won't shut up. And it got, <laughs> it's like it's stuck. And you're like, Sorry. oh, no. You take a hammer to the damn thing. It's like, shut this thing up. <laughs> no, it's funny. Early on, I like it. <laughs> Um, let's see. So Amber, if somebody was brand new to eat to perform, how would you explain performance recap? Gosh, I think there's, there's two things that I would hit on. One performance is relative. It doesn't mean, um, some people take that word and interpret it so literally that I'm not a professional athlete or I'm not training for a triathlon. So I'm not, you know, I don't need to do performance recomp. And I think dispelling that myth that it's, it's where you live. It's where you your body thrives and you're not placing um, additional stress on it with food. Um, so it's where we want to be in order to map out all your other goals, whether that is in the gym or that is fat loss. So that's the first conversation I would have. Second one, uh, second point I want to make is that there's 
there's no time limit. You don't have to be in performance recomp for 60 days and then we got to ship you out. There's there's no time limit. We can live here forever. And that's totally OK to, to be in this phase for gosh. I mean, Paul, you were in recomp for what you say, three years or something before you did a fat loss. I mean, it was a, a hefty four period, of, four years, a hefty period of time. Um, so somebody yeah. that's new to each of reform explaining recomp to them, Susie, is um, a good it's like home base. It's, it's where we want to be. It's before we you know, run off and play tag. It's safe. It's home. It's where your body wants to live and thrive. Um, and then let's talk about what are your other goals and objectives um, while we're here in this spot and then uh, come up with a game plan before we leave home base. Great. Cool. Ed, do you have thoughts on what how you explain one thing? Cause that was an amazing description, right? But as you're doing all that, you're making these deposits. You may never need a withdrawal, mm -hmm. but if you want a withdrawal, those deposits are going to come in real handy. But that was a great description. Yeah, it was a great description. Um, I want to get Ed's thoughts on that too. Yeah, I really liked what Amber and uh, Paul both said. Um, I love what Paul says about the withdrawals. Like he he's preached about the wave method for a long time now. And so if you lose 15 pounds and then we move you to recomp, um, then and you gain two or three pounds, but you're you build your macros or your calories back up, maybe you know a thousand calories more than where you were at then you have the potential to lose again another 15 pounds. So we could do this in a very sustainable way. Recomp could also just, it also means like living in, like where you should be most of the time, your sleep will be better, your metabolism will be improved. Um, you could see recomposition in, in your body. So you might actually lose some fat, but you're gaining more muscle. So you might still be relatively weight stable. So I think that's where you definitely wanna spend most of the time. I would most of the time recommend at least only do like two fat loss cycles if you're a need to perform member in a year uh, just because i know how important it is to stay in recomp and really push the performance piece uh, to build muscle because it's very hard to build muscle losing fat is more about just being compliant and um just following the plan essentially so I would say that that's highly dependent um now one of the things that Ed did not mention in that description, I think I think if you have more weight to lose, you could do more than two, right? So yeah. there, there are instances. Mm. But what we see, see, this is the thing. You guys don't get to see what we see. Um, see, I said, I said you guys. Um, <laughs> what we see is that there are a lot of people that can lose weight in recomp. Right. Yeah. And so that kind of gets back to the urine control. Right. I'm going to derail this topic quite a bit because I think it's important to say this. There was another group that I was in and I talked about it in a post that I made on mental health. And someone was talking about depression and suicide. And then there was another person that contributed. And it seemed like what they what they were contrasting was the idea that a properly fed person is less depressed, right? So, so um, even though clinical research 
proves this. What they were saying is that having weight on their body made them depressed, made them mentally struggle. So they listed out over the course of four years where they lost 200 pounds and they admitted to the group that they are not at the bottom, right? Where they've totally lost 200 pounds, that they've gained back some weight in that process. And he detailed all these levels of depression, but he viewed it from the standpoint of having more weight rather than having a better and more sustainable approach, right? So he detailed all of these extreme measures that he went through to lose 200 pounds, but never made the connection that if he did more of a sustainable approach, not only would he have held more muscle, but mentally he would be in a better spot, right? Like think about how most people lose weight. The way that most people lose weight is I got to lose 200 pounds. How do I do that as fast as possible, right? And so these are the extreme types of things that lead to bariatric surgery and all manner of extreme diets. But when we look at the impact of those things, it's important to talk about the value of recomp, talking about the value of reestablishing your relationship with food so that you now view food as an ally rather than food as an enemy. And so I could literally take every moment that that person talked about and where their depression started to flare up and point the finger at the extreme measures that they were doing every single time. And they looked at it as if when they gained 30 pounds back, that that triggered their depression. And I would argue that that actually was not what was triggering their depression, right? What was triggering their depression was the lack of food, the lack of a sustainable approach, the all in nature of, I'm just going to cut my arm off because I need to lose 30 pounds. It's like, you know, that that's a little too much. So I wanted to kind of bring that up because I think that that's an important piece as we talk about reestablishing your relationship with food and going to a whole different place. Because when, if you're a member in the groups or, or something like this, what you see are thousands of people that are already there. And we all just want you to join us. Right. Yeah, cool. I um, I look at it this way and I, I like to explain it sometimes of um, use an analogy, like think of a like a bowling lane. And if you have been eating 1300 calories, um, you know, you have, you know, the bumpers and to keep the ball out of the bumper, your lane is like this, this narrow, right? Because you can't have the, um, I don't know, pizza and wine and girls night out and, you know, enjoy these social occasions and have flexibility in that to maintain your weight because your body's used to 1300 calories. 
And if you look at somebody who maybe is used to 2,100 calories, their bowling lean is much wider. So they have the flexibility to have those nights or have those vacations or those sorts of things. And their body can adapt because basically their lane is so much bigger. And that's what we're going for in performance recomp is that you then have the ability to maintain weight at a higher calorie intake and that you're able to enjoy certain things that life is just meant to enjoy. I know, Paul, you talked about your um, decadent weekends um, with your chef friend. And that's what being higher calories most of the time can get for you. Any thoughts on that, Paul? My lowest weight was after that weekend, yeah. right? So, so I came back because I mentioned 194.4. I came back at 194.5 and the very next day was when I was 193.8. And so it's this idea. I love the way that you you describe that. And it, it, it kind of perfectly aligns with what Amber was saying, right? Where you have kind of this bowling lane. You know, but what I think happens for people kind of just to, to take what you ladies said and, and, and bring it to the next layer. Performance recomp is how you should be all the time. Like, like, like Amber saying, that's home base. That is where you live. That is, I feel like a C.T. Fletcher video. That is your home. That is where you live. <laughs> The uh, but um, <laughs> so anyway, I'm I'm still trying to think of some of the other things that he said in that video. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the um, but that is what your you know in an experiment they call that the control, right? Now you don't necessarily have to you know go on a diet, go on a fat loss cycle, something of this nature. Will you? Yeah. I mean, come on, let's be real. We all have to manage our weight a little bit at times. I mean, sure, I would have loved to continue. You know, I actually almost did continue, right? Um, it, because, you know, in terms of my weight, it's not, you know, something that, I mean, one, I know that it's very difficult to put muscle on without having weight higher, right? You can lift more weights. You can typically do more things but then there's you have to juxtapose that with um kind of physical movement body weight movements things of that nature and so um i see a lot of people that are like okay i'll do your stupid performance recomp but i'm with fat loss three weeks from now it's like okay if you need to have that mentality to start go right ahead. But I'm just want to show you this other group over here where there's literally 10,000 people that don't view it that way. And eventually we'd like you to join us. Right. And I think that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go hear what we call the, oops, the dieting break. Um, so a lot of this we've already gotten into, but let's expand a little bit. The benefits on eating more. How are you going to measure your progress when you're in the stage? And then, and then one of the fears they get was, is you know, how high are my macros going to get? So, Paul, I'll let you dig into this, and then we'll comment. Okay, so I'll let out a little secret that we don't tend to tell you guys. So just you know, don't 
don't let the other thousands of people that listen to this after like two days know. Um, <laughs> but uh, we don't just keep raising your food to infinity, right? We need the the Buzz Lightyear um, meme <laughs> here. Um, but we don't go to infinity and beyond. We do pause you at a certain point. But we pause you, right? Every time you pause you or you want to kind of get in the way, all that really does is hurt your end goal, right? So I have a great example. I have a private client we were working with. And when I look at her issues, it's really not calorie related, right? It's really life related. She's got some things going on with her son that um, can be problematic. And so so I'd say in the last month, you know, she's had 16 days or so where she slept three hours or less. And in that process, she's gained a little bit of weight. Now, one thing that you might not think of, right? You go, well, okay, a person, how many calories would a person burn if they only slept three hours a day? You would think that a person that's awake 21 hours would burn more calories. The reality is, is they don't, right? Because they don't have enough energy, right? They end up sitting down more throughout the day. They don't feel like going to the gym. Anything that they do, they literally have to will themselves to do, right? And then your cortisol levels are higher, so you're going to hold on to water and things like this. And that's what we've seen every single time she gets eight hours sleep. She gets eight hours sleep and loses three pounds, right? And so when you know, the thing that I try and focus her on is making sure that when we're in a good groove, that we do all the self-care needed to stay in that groove, right? And, uh, but as her coach, there are times where her weight starts to fluctuate and I'll make kind of some minor adjustments. Nothing, what, what we learned in the process of the last six years is something that most people don't know. Um, most professionals don't know. They don't have the data that we have, but we have a, a ton of data. In the past, if you got uncomfortable, we just pull you down a little bit, right? And what we found was that that messed everything up. And we never really got to that place at the top where, yeah, your weight might have gone up two pounds, maybe three pounds, right? But if we brought you down, let's say, you know, let's say your carbs were at 369 and, and we brought them down to, say, 289, it was literally like putting a stopper in a sink, right? We All the progress that we had made, we were losing. Right. And so as calories go up, your homeostasis changes to adjust to those calories and it finds balance at that higher number. And the only way to really make an extreme and this is actually one of the things and, and, and you know, I know this is a, a topic for Susie. But to challenge homeostasis, you can't just nudge it a little bit. Right. In the gym. 
you got to work a lot harder. With your calories, they've got to be a lot lower. So going to that middle place where everybody likes to live and they're not that hungry and they're kind of comfortable, yeah, that's right, because you're not really doing all that much. You know, it's like going to the gym, sitting in the back of the class for the four years and never really pushing it. Right. You want to change. You got to push it. I mean, what's the big saying there? You know, it's like um, change should be uncomfortable. Right. If you're not if you're not a little bit uncomfortable, you're not really doing anything, you know. Um, And I just want all of you to know that. We all live this life, but we also take moments to just chill out, right? You know, like I know it sounds like I'm on like 14 cups of coffee and, uh, you know, (laughs) just pounding Red Bulls right now. But the reality is, is that, you know, there needs to be long periods of time where you're kind of relaxing. That's what a deload in training is about, where you're allowing your central nervous systems to recover. So from a scientific term, you can super compensate, which basically means that you've allowed your central nervous system and your body to recover so that you can now progress past where where you were previously. There's a lot of similarities to dieting and that all fits in with basically how recomp works. Um, In terms of the dieting break, um, I don't believe that, you know, I, science really shows the value of diet breaks. I, I kind of think that's bullshit because I don't believe that you should be dieting all the time. I think a dieting break, this is why we don't use these terms typically, you know, um, but I don't call a, a dieting break a dieting break. I call that normal life. Right. And that's how you need to think of it, because if you don't think of it like that, you're going to be like, OK, been a recon four days, four days. I wonder if my metabolism is adjusted. You know, it's yeah. like that's you're kind of missing the bigger point. So how high will my macros get? Like I said, you know, your coach will pause you or make adjustments, but but not these wholesale adjustments. What are the benefits of eating more? Uh, well, let's see, sleep, let's see, sex drive, um, the ability to have children, hair, nails, thyroid. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the short list, right? I mean, we we view food as negatives, right, because we're constantly being bombarded with this. So all you people, right, listen to this, right? The messages that you're consuming on a daily basis, you choose to consume those messages. Betty down the street who's done four detoxes, you might, you might just be thinking about doing a detox, right? (laughs) Because you would have unfollowed Betty. It's not helpful to follow Betty in that instance, right? Betty's not helpful in your life if you have, you know, that was another article that I wrote this week. It's like, you know, your friends, you shouldn't want friends that want you to change, right? Guaranteed, Betty wants you to detox. That's why she's posting about it nonstop, right? She wants you to be miserable too. Miserable people love being around other miserable people. 
Happy people love being around other happy people. So if you are following a bunch of miserable people with really horrible messages and stuff like that, it says a lot about you. If you want real change, if you want real work to happen, if you want amazing things to move in the right direction, you have to view everything different. You have to change everything, including the people around you and the people that you follow and the messages that you listen to, right? Social media will feed you more of what you want. So if all you're getting is the dieting messages and whole 30s and keto everything, guess what? Mark Zuckerberg knows that you're looking for every damn diet out there, right? And that you've tried literally everything and you're probably going to try another 15 things until you get off that treadmill and you move to more of a sustainable approach. How do I measure progress? This is something that I believe we'll be able to address really well. Um, the most important way to, to address progress is the amount of calories that you're eating now, right? If you remember eating 1,100 calories and now you're eating 2,800 calories, you made 1,700 calories worth of difference. Right. And I know like like it's funny because like the people watching are like they're seeing how animated I am and the hand movements and stuff like this. But someone that ate 1100 compared to someone who ate 2800, like no one gives themselves credit for that amount of food, that amount of mental health, that amount of hair, that amount of thyroid, that amount of progress in the gym right? Because we focus just on, on the weight. So within the app, we are trying to make some changes to emphasize, you know, that metabolic bank that we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, for me, uh, you know, I can look in the mirror and, and progress is, is fine. A lot of you might not have that relationship with the mirror. So maybe like, the mirror lies to you. I mean, I often see people that post and like they'll post one picture and another picture and it, it's so dramatically different. And they're like, the mirror's just not telling me a story I, you know, I like. And I'm just like, you need a new mirror. You look great, right? And I don't know if we have a mirror problem in the world or if we have a mental health problem in the world. Right. I mean, I was watching this, the uh, Russell Brand, and he talked about 28 percent of people struggle with mental health. There's no way that that number's right. That number's so much higher. Right. And I'm including myself in that 28 percent. But I think the number's much higher than 28 percent. Because I think mental health is how we look at ourselves, how, the foods that we eat, the messages that we tell ourselves and things like this. Um, the other thing that is probably not coming for a long time, so don't hold me to this, <laughs> but you could use a tailoring app, right? Yeah. I haven't seen a good one yet, but a lot of people do measurements right? I believe that I can create in an app your body fat percentage based on tailoring. Okay. So that's something 
I'm just giving you guys an idea of three years from now, you're going to go, I remember when he talked about that, right? <laughs> but your measurements can be measured by taking a picture of yourself, right? So start with those measurements. We're probably going to add those types of things into the manual entry, you know, so we can start to get some kind of data like that. But like I said, you know, if you're having sex more, you know, if your family loves you now and they didn't love you before, those are also like, you know, real sensitive. The dog like used to sit across the room, you know, and then now the dog's cuddling with you. That's progress, right? I think I think we never celebrate enough, right? And we never realize how far we've come because you know the reality is is we're with ourselves every single day and you know it seems more gradual than that yeah i have to tell a paul story because what was it like two years ago we were in minnesota for our summer camp and somebody took a video and you saw yourself on video and you were like and my back is jacked and i was like most people see themselves on video and focus on all the flaws right so I don't know. That, that I do that. I, I 100% do that. I, I 100% do not do walk and talks as much because, you know, I'm just not feeling it that day. I don't want people to think, oh, my goodness, man, this guy's got the ego. You know, no, I feel a great deal of insecurity a lot. But, you know, like Susie's saying, I mean, my wife thinks I'm Brad Pitt compared to where I used to be, right? <laughs> like, like I was 100 pounds different with, you know, close to 50% body fat, you know? And now, you know, I mean, I don't have like an eight-pack going, but I got a nice little four-pack going, you know? And I have, I have traps and I have lats. My wife literally walks up to me and grabs me by my lats all the time. You know, and she calls those my boxer muscles. Because if, if you ever watch boxing, boxers have like amazingly defined lats, right? So she grabs my boxer muscles. And uh, just so you guys know, when I was obese, I didn't have boxer muscles. You know? like, right. and, and like when you think about that, you know, and this is really a big part of recomp, right? We're talking about body recomposition, changing your body from something that it wasn't to what it is now. You know, I'm approaching 40 pounds more muscle than I was at my lowest. That's like an eight-year-old. I stacked an eight-year-old like right here and right here, you know. I mean, that's a lot. That's a monstrous accomplishment. And yeah, it took me close to 10 years to get there. But I mean, could you like, you're eating this chicken and you're going, Man, it sure be nice if point two of this chicken attached itself to my lats so my lats could get a little bit bigger, right? Like if you had that information, I think people would view food very differently. And so when I look at the information that we need to get you, all of you in the app, it's going to be more like that kind of stuff, right? More... Um, cause you know, I, I talked to the tech team about this a lot I mean, we've got a really good app as it relates to coaching you, but I don't know that we have a phenomenal app in terms of 
you know, how to view things 100% different, right? And so in my world, five to 10 years from now, not only will our app, you know, emphasize all these things, but so will every other app. They'll need to because our app will be so awesome. Cool. Um, well, there's two comments I want to make on what you've said, and then I'll let Ed and Amber comment. But um, the, I actually call you were talking about um, like your body needing the rest periods too. I refer to it as beast mode and least mode. And your body needs both, right? So there are times when you know it's all about the beast mode, and then um, even in the course of your own day. So if you're beast mode workout. Um, for me, least mode is a period of quiet time or um, going to bed early, you know, that sleep, all of that stuff. And I think they're both equally important, but a lot of people like to focus on the beast mode part of it. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say is I see, I generally see two types of people um, and they're both good, right? So I see somebody, calories are going up and weight is going down. So that happens all the time. And that's what Paul's talking about, the information that we wish everyone could see. The other type of people I see is calories are going up and weight is staying the same. And they're both huge measures of progress because I talked to somebody like Paul was saying, you came eating 1400 calories and now you're eating 2000. Like that's huge and you, you weigh the same. So look at it in those aspects. But I was gonna ask Ed, when, with your clients, how do you have your clients um, measure their own progress in this stage? Yeah, so I think I think you touched on it. Weight staying the same and calories going up or weight going down even and calories going up. And then also, you know, progress pictures, but obviously that depends on how you view yourself. Um, and that might be more challenging. Measurements, of course, too, that's a good one. How clothes are fitting and your performance itself. So maybe you're able to lift, you know, 30 more pounds than you were able to you know, pr prior to this, and you might be up two pounds, but you gained a lot of muscle. So um, I think all of those are very good uh, resources or things to look at in terms of progress. Yeah, um, I agree. Amber, you've got a, a gym full of people. How do you um, talk people through this part? I think uh, having additional energy recovery is huge. Having additional food helps with recovery, which allows you to do more uh, and mood. Gosh, you can Till easily when somebody hasn't had enough food. I don't know about you guys, but hangry comes to mind uh, pretty darn quick. But a couple things to note is these are great uh, conversations to have with your coach about how are you feeling. And when it when the question is how high will my macros get, your coach isn't just gonna you know fire hose you in the face with a bunch of food. Have that conversation of how you're feeling and the volume of food that you're eating. But one thing that I think people misunderstand is that performance is purpose or um, recomp is purposeful. This isn't just a floundering no man's land where you just kind of hang out because you got nowhere else to go. So I want you to think about your, or I would compare it to thinking about my house, okay? So you don't just randomly buy a house. You're not just randomly in recomp. And I don't just randomly redo a room. Now there's there's rooms within my house and things I want to tweak within my house and and put emphasis on and um, focus on at times. And then it changes, and that's okay. Maybe my goal changes from you know um, weight based to uh, uh, wanting to do focus on triathlons for for something different, um, but the goal or the, the main structure and the bones of it are there. You're just changing 
Um, tweaking small things within your house based on what what you're looking for or what's uh, kind of what not what's in season, what's fashionable. How about that? <laughs> oh, that's a good analogy. I like that. And I like, you know, the idea that you're working on different things at different times. So. Well, I want to I tie in on on a couple notes that that Amber said, and we're 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 sort of burying the lead on one thing. Um, so there's a lot of people that are working out at 60 percent and they think that that's 100 percent. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, like if if you're eating 1,300 calories and going to the gym, you're probably at like 40%. You don't even know what your, you know, it was a great example was, you know, recently I started back at my original gym. And when I first came back, whenever I would do high rep sit-ups, um, I would cramp up a lot, right? Because my core wasn't ready at that point. Now, if you had asked me, at that point, if, you know, I was at, you know, what percentage I was at, I would have said 95. I'm, I'm sure I'm fine. I'll, I'll get to 100% pretty soon. And I'm like, holy God, I was at 45%, you know. Um, and I'm still kind of, you know, I, I think, you know, even with food, even with all this information, right now I'm probably only 70%, you know. Um, and I've had, I've had kind of a few setbacks you know, in that process, but that, that's where I think people, people want to start. This is why people are really attracted to all the templates and programs. It's like, oh my goodness, you know, on Instagram, this person started on day one and on day 90, they look like that. It's like, that is such bullshit. Like, first of all, I, I want to see the picture at day 180 right day six year you know because you know it, it's just like you know people say you know it's what's your highlight reel compared to um the reality but this is the part that we're actually burying this is the part that's the most important part and in my mind separates each form from everyone else and it's not close we don't guess we don't need to guess. Everybody else is guessing. You don't know that you were overeating. You don't know what your calories were a lot of the time, right? And so when you look at why we have you go through these cycles that undulate from performance recomp to fat loss, to adaptation prevention, it's like, man, you guys have me chasing this cheese nonstop. You know, I don't really know where I am sometimes. Well, the point of it all is that we have a plan for you, right? Think about how people diet. I didn't have a plan, so now I need to buy a plan, right? And we're in reverse. We provide you the plan so that when you are ready to lose weight, lose fat, whatever, we don't need to guess. We know exactly where you were at and we're going to be able to do things with data that no one's ever considered because we're already doing it, right? And when you look at people that are coming out of phase four and things of this nature and the adjustments that we've been able to make over 2018, we're the best we've ever been, right? 
And really, it's that part of not guessing that if I were you, I'd be really interested in. Now, does it mean that you need to be more conscious of your food and logging and things of that nature? Sure. But how specific do you want to be? Right. Like I'm comfortable having a four pack. Right. I don't need to have you know, eight pack with spleen striations and, and things of this nature. So therefore I can go for years without doing fat loss. You might not be that person. You know, I have a great example of a client, you know, she's five, three, one thirty. you know, and, um, in fat loss, you know, she's gone down to, to one twenty four, and then she kind of lives her life. I know this is sort of the Susie plan. Um, Susie talks about this quite a bit. Um, <laughs> But she'll she'll fluctuate up, right? And she's like, oh, this is so frustrating. I just want to stay at 124 all the time. And I'm just like, first of all, you know, your calories are 3,800 calories. You know, last time we did fat loss, we only did one phase of fat loss, which means that you only had to suck it up for 28 days, right? You know. It's this idea that I could just live at this low calorie number and stick at, let's say, 124. I constantly tell her, I was like, honestly, as you're putting on muscle, you shouldn't want to stay 124. You should want to go to 126. You should want to go to 128, right? Because you'd be putting on muscle in that instance. And if you're not, that's the other thing that a lot of people say to me that just strikes me as odd when they talk about calories, right? Or they talk about the way they're working out. And um, and I'm trying to think of how I can say this nicely, <laughs> right? Because, you know, I'm fairly blunt as a person, but this is one of those things that people are particularly sensitive about, right? But maybe you're training isn't as good as you think it is. Maybe you're not working as hard as you think you are, right? Yeah. Because people will say to me, you know, I've been doing eat to perform for six months and I've not gained one pound of muscle. That does not sound like an eat to perform problem, right? We are giving you food. We are optimizing everything <laughs> for you, more protein, things of this nature. If you've not gained muscle, you have to go to your trainer and go, yo, dude, I'm in this to gain muscle, right? I'm not here, you know, otherwise I could be paddleboarding right now, right? You know, paddleboarding is so much fun, so much more fun than what you're putting me through each day. There's so many people that go through like, you know, boot camp classes and stuff like this. And it's like, I just can't figure out why I'm not gaining any muscle. Well, I know why. Boot camp is not about gaining muscle. Right. The idea with boot camp is just so, so interesting that, you know, when you think of what boot camp is, why someone does a boot camp, it's sort of like what I talked about with my sit ups. Right. You want to get to that place where you can do high volume sit ups. And so you kind of go through this boot camp period so you can add capacity that sets you up for the changes that will ultimately happen. It's not necessarily it's not necessarily going to happen in that moment when you're building the capacity, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Um, okay, so this um, is the last how line. Is of the short podcast uh, thing going. It's not. Um, but this <laughs> if is if anybody needs to pee, you feel free to go, right? Just yeah. just mute your mic and say, Paul, take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is our last slide, and then we'll take questions. We've already addressed some of this. This, like, what exercise should I do? We can talk about that, but I 100% agree with Paul. If you've been doing something for six months, a year, two years, and you have seen zero change in your body composition, um, Maybe it's time to look at something else um, and talk to your coach. I mean, we have all kinds of things and resources that we can help you with. Um, I am not opposed to any workout whatsoever. Um, we have CrossFitters. We have endurance athletes. We have, um, you know, uh, Orange Theory and Boot Camp. And I just lift at the gym. You know, so we have a, among we have 60 coaches. So among us. You know, we have somebody who knows who can take what you do and tell you maybe this is what we should tweak. Um, but you have, but if you love Orange Theory, right? If you just cannot get enough Orange Theory, you probably need to realize that you're not going to have eight pack abs with a striated spleen. That's just right. not how that's going to work, right? But if you go to Orange Therapy Theory and Marge is there, and Robert's there, and your whole community of people that that love you and they're fit and they're the positive people that you've had to surround yourself with, honestly, you know, seeing that little V at the bottom of your waist maybe not that important, right? You've actually solved life, you know. So in the process of solving life, maybe you didn't solve that little V thing, right? You know, you're still a little squared. I'm still a little squared. You know, um, but just think about, you know, if you're thinking about doing something that sucks compared to something that you love for body composition, I think you're kind of missing the point. Yeah, I agree. What about, um, what's it, Ed, you have a big background in exercise and, and exercise science and using calories for muscle gain. What do you have to say? Yeah, I think you just need to do, you need to kind of find out what your goals are. So if your goals are to look really good in the mirror, then you need to do some hypertrophy work and strength work. If your goals is, is just to become really good at wads and CrossFit, then you need to do a lot of wads. So it really comes down to what your goals are. If it's body composition, you want you definitely want to do some hypertrophy and strength work. We actually did a few body um, building blocks episodes on that. So you can listen to that again. Um, but you kind of want to find out what your goals are and just be sports specific to what you want. Yeah. Amber, anything to add to that? I think that's a great point. That's one of the biggest um, miscommunications or uh, misalignment with expectations is that all activity produces the eight pack abs. It, and that's just not a fact. So it's a great discussion to have with your coach in your um journal of here's my goals here here are things i'm wanting to achieve uh whether that's you know to a faster 5k time or that is the eight pack abs and suggestions coaches can offer suggestions on on how to get there now whether that's what you want to hear and that's what you want it that's what you enjoy may be a different story so you could still do orange theory and and throw some lifting in there doesn't mean we're doing three a days uh but coming up with something that uh, is still fun and that you enjoy and uh, can help you work towards your goals is a great opportunity to have that discussion with your coach 
in your journal. Yeah, and I think one thing everybody should realize, I, I, you know, I've had people comment to me, well, what if I don't really want to gain muscle? Um, and I think some people look at that wrong, too, in the sense that lean body mass is very important to your overall health. And it's one of the biggest predictors of your overall longevity. So I'm not talking about, you know, I know maybe you don't want eight pack abs and that's fine. But as far as having the most amount of lean body mass as you know, you're capable of having. And then as we get age, we lose body mass, right? So or lean body mass. So we need to keep that. <laughs> so I'm not talking about, you know, um, never trying to gain muscle or never having that be some sort of a priority, but your workouts should at least give you enough to sustain your lean body mass, if not add lean body mass, because it's so important to your overall health. Um, Paul? I do think we're kind of walking into that place where someone says, but I don't want to look like a man. Yeah. Right? Okay. Or I put like, on muscle so easy. It's like, mm -hmm. you don't, right? No one really puts on muscles super easy. Um, the The issue that happens, right, is when somebody says, I put on muscle really easy, what they mean is I put on weight really easy, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why we're here, right? And so, you know, but it's that fear that you've taught yourself to have that is actually the thing holding you back, right? So if you want to get, to that really lean place, you have to sort of abandon that fear and adopt this new way of thinking. But holding on to muscle and potentially building a pound or two of muscle, that that's not how you know you look like one of those Brahma bulls in the memes, right? Like you, you know, are just going to look leaner in that instance. You're not going to look like a man or as a man, you're gonna you know, look like a bodybuilder. I mean, you know, let's be honest, man. You know, most of the people on Instagram, you know, they've had three needles in their ass this morning. That's not you, right? You're not going to get that from taking whey protein. That's just not reality, you know? Right. Yes, I agree. You think we're good to move on to questions or any other points you want to make? <laughs> sure. I feel like I've Keep talking. Just everything to offend anyone. So let me, if I've missed anything, <laughs> you know, let me know so I can get that one in. Okay. So um, you guys can, there's a little raised hand. Oh, I see there's already some questions in there. I'm going to have, um, but for those of you who don't know, there's like a little raised hand. Um, you can type in your questions there. Um, and then I have um, Amber read off the questions and then we'll kind of, you know, see who might be the best person to answer that question, so. Great, Christina starts us off with asking, what are you seeing results-wise now that you've implemented a super duper day? And then follows it up with um, referring to the change in macros on a super day during fat loss, so the refeed day. She's asking, what are you seeing results-wise now that you've implemented a refeed day in fat loss? I think Paul's the best one to take the lead on that. So the way that I often describe it is that when you think of like, you know, obviously this is not a, a question about recomp. Um, but if you're in fat loss and you kind of have the, the super duper day, like 
you know, we're talking about or a refeed day, which is is fairly common, um, you know, from a scientific perspective and things of this, this nature. But the way to look at it is that day is your home base, right? Everything goes off of that day. And when you are that low, what you will often see is that you're going to be kind of in that that just fighting for like a, a pound a week, right? If you're getting anything more than a pound a week at that point, you are far exceeding the expectations, right? Once you're down that low, you're really only looking for an extra two to three pounds, right? If you get more than that, you got a bonus, right? And so I think what happens is that people kind of walk into these you know, I mean, when you look at kind of the overall trends in the data, what we're able to typically see is that we have about a seven-week cycle, right? And in that seven-week cycle, you're going to normally lose anywhere from 1.5 to 2 pounds, right, a week. That is far beyond what most people should expect, right? And it's designed that way on purpose, right? Because typically people want to get in and out of these fat loss cycles. And by the time you're done with your 28-day cycle and 21 cycle on the second half, you're ready to be done, right? There's not a whole lot of people asking for, you know what? Let's keep this going, <laughs> you know? I mean, it hurts. It hurts. It should hurt. You know, um, so what are we seeing? What we see is that if you judge things based off of that day, you know, you might actually see a little bit of an uptake, ticking weight. It's common actually for people to actually lose weight after that day. Um, but I would consider that, you know, it's sort of the FUBAR rules of fat loss, right? That every single thing that you think should happen does not happen in fat loss. What I see in recomp as an example is that when I hit a low day after having one of my, you know, 3,200 calorie days or something like that, my weight goes down, right? It's more true to how your body actually works. In fat loss, your body could be reacting to it a million different ways. And then all you ladies are cursed or at least most of you ladies are cursed once a month where you're going to hold on to weight that Ed and I don't have to worry about, you know? And I don't know. I mean, I keep hearing that God is a female. There's some evidence right there that she's got a sense of humor. <laughs> funny. All right. All right. Claudia asks, my question is, I'm happy with my current weight. Should I still consider a fat loss cycle? Yes or no? And why? So. No. Why, why would you diet when you're happy, right? Like what, what I would highly suggest to you is to kind of see what your full potential is as a human being. Right. That's that's what the goal is of all of this. You know, um, 
And it was sort of like what I said earlier with the 60% thing is, you know, how do you know what 100% looks like until, you know, you really pushed your abilities further, right? Um, so I, I don't really see a need for fat loss. Now, will you need a fat loss cycle eventually for some level of weight management? Maybe, you know. Um, I mean. Yeah, I think when we say like using, I don't, sorry to interrupt. I just think like when we say like using fat loss cycles to manage weight, if you get to your current happy weight, uh, and then spend a significant amount of time building muscle like that's your I'm going to put on some muscle. You are also going to put on some fat. That is the the idea that you can put on um, muscle mass without adding a little bit of fat is just kind of a myth. And you can elaborate. But so the idea is that you're going to spend some time actively trying to put on muscle. And then a fat loss cycle helps you manage um, the fat that kind of comes with that. So a great example, a great example of kind of what she's asking, right, is Brad does a lot of work with um, Gonzaga University, like the Bulldogs, they're really good at basketball. Um, and, you know, I was recently at the University of Minnesota talking with their um, head of nutrition. You want to know what the macros are for all those college athletes that thousands of college athletes they've got no clue like like literally none of them are counting macros or anything like that right when we're talking to those people we're talking to them about creatine we're talking to them about drinkable carbohydrates and then mixing in protein to make sure that they're getting those pieces in place but you're never really talking about fat loss cycles. You're never really talking about bulking cycles. You're never, you know, like college kids, their capacity can, especially for division one athletes, right? This is the overriding concept of eat to perform is get your work capacity so damn high that that's the leader. That's the thing in charge of your journey, right? And the problem is, is like this little death grip that you have on your calories is actually the thing that's stopping you from getting to that capacity. I'm not where I want to be as it relates to my work capacity levels, but I'm closer than a lot of people have been because I've tried a bunch of things, right? I've, you know, I had my leg torn off of my body. Right, my, my ankle was torn off my body. It is fused. Since then, this was two summers ago, every Sunday, I ran 20 miles, right? I have a collapsed arch on, on one foot. I have every reason to not do stuff, right? But I just wanted to know if I was capable of it. You know, and I dealt with a ton of plantar fasciitis and and all of these types of types of issues. And ultimately, I landed with, um, you know, not running 20 miles every Sunday. But I wanted to know if I could, you know, and I did it, you know. And I've tried that with weightlifting. I've tried that with CrossFit. I've tried that with powerlifting, you know. And I know not everybody's made up like that, 
right? But you should always kind of be looking for what you are mostly capable of. And so when you are at that high capacity level, honestly, you probably don't need to diet all that often. Yeah. Amber. Yeah, Irene's got a couple questions and Irene's my girl. So um, let's, let's see if we can help her out. She says, if you've been off and under eating, what is the best way to jump back in? Um, and I'm going to throw this to you and see what you tell your clients. But I'll tell you, Irene, having that conversation um, in your journal with you about it and meeting you where you are, finding out what's going on um, as a coach in order to help you uh, come up with some strategies. I know that we've done that together, but maybe Ed has some other ideas that he tells his clients when they've been off and under eating to, to jump back in. Ed, what do you have? Yeah, so usually we're gonna have to make an adjustment to the plan, but that obviously depends on how long you've been off of the plan. Uh, if, if it's been a month, then we probably have to adjust it. Um, but, you know, I think this is a really, really hard time for a lot of people with the holidays coming up. So usually if someone's wanting to come back now, they should probably be refreshed because they haven't been tracking. And I always tell them to go back to their why for why they say, wanted to start. They refreshed. <laughs> I think you mean something specific. Can you say that? Oh, just like I. Hmm. I I'm think not what sure you exactly mean how I want to phrase it. Baseline. Yeah. They should go back to the baseline. Yes. Right, and they should yeah. go back to the baseline and then move to performance. And right. then your coach gradually moves you. Yeah. Yeah. I think we. Yeah. I think we all agree on that. We're just all saying it a little weird. Right. Yeah, but that—that's what Ed's talking about, yeah. right? If you are under eating, move to the baseline, get to performance. Let's start putting money in the bank, Build and then then we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what we typically do. You know, we we remind them of you know the best tips. The top tip is certainly to pre-plan the day before if you can do some meal prep on the weekends. That should make up that could make up eighty to ninety percent of your of your meals for the week. Um, and it's, you know, this time of year is more of like a damage control type thing and trying to really minimize any type of weight gain um, over the holidays. Cause it could be very bad um, if you kind of just go haywire. So I'm glad you're looking to get back at it now and we, we should restart. I should say restart, not refresh um, from the baseline plan and start building your way back up to recom. Um, and that's kind of what I would do in that situation. Awesome. So Irene still has a couple more questions and she's saying it also, if you are having an energy funk, uh, low lists, like chronic pain, causing issues with moving some bad sleep, bad eating, where is the best part to get under control to get those energy levels up? Sleep. Well, yeah, I mean, sleep sleep is definitely one, but Amber said it earlier in the podcast, right? Yeah. Where's your home? Where do you live? You walk in that tightrope because you're scared. I'm, th I'm still trying to do the C.T. Fletcher thing. You guys know? Hey, you know. walk in that tightrope. <laughs> um, but, but you start with meal prep. 
work towards so so it's kind of interesting because your second question actually relates to your first question i was under eating you know probably as a result of maybe some kind of injury or something of this nature and this is what happens to people is they overcompensate right so i actually hurt myself two weeks ago um and guess what i did i didn't under eat Right. I did what we tell you to do is like just stick to the plan, you know, and in that process, my weight's been stable. It's actually been kind of the lowest that it's been in throughout this whole process. But um, I think it starts from food first, to be honest with you, and then sleep, because if you don't have, you know, there's a, there's a client of ours that goes to my gym and he, he happens to be my accountant. And um, I, I told him, I was like, look, man, you, you keep trying all this woohoo bullshit. You know, I was like, eat to perform like accounts should love eat to perform. It's data intensive. You get to take that data and and make extrapolations from that. And he said to me the other day, he's like, dude, I don't know why everybody wouldn't do this. He's like, this is this is awesome. You know, he's like, not only have I been able to, you know, you know, he's not down a lot. He's down like five pounds, right, in the, in the first 30 days. And, I mean, in that 30 days, man, I mean, it, it took him a while to kind of get, get things together. But his energy is starting to come back. He literally thought he was supposed to sleep five hours his whole life, right? And now he's sleeping seven and a half hours because he planned his food. So I, I kind of disagree with that, but I think we probably do agree for the most part that once you start to nail down some of the specifics, I think the food's the first part and then the sleep just happens. Yeah, I thought, um, I read bad eating, so I just assumed there was like binging sessions and things like that. I forgot she mentioned, I forgot she mentioned she was uh, lower on eating. So yeah, I agree, sleep, because if you eat more, you're gonna sleep better most likely. So I agree. Yeah. That's the last question that we've got, my friends. All right. I feel like I feel like we did this and, and we're 15 minutes to the good, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we never get out of these without a hour and a half long because of all the Paul diatribes. <laughs> you know, so I feel like I feel like we're 15 minutes to good. I mean, what I need everybody to think about right after this, I take a nap. <laughs> How's that going to happen? You died. You know? <laughs> so thanks, yeah. everyone. You yeah, know. thank you all. Most of you hung out this whole time. We, we always appreciate having you. Um, the, the link is always live for the recording. So it's the same link you use to register. If you want to share this with anyone, feel free. Um, I, Paul mentioned something early on that made me remember, you know, we have a confirmation bias and we, we seek out information that confirms what we already believe. And so when you're talking about these cleanses and all this stuff showing up and friends and they're just trying to um, help their confirmation bias. And so sometimes just getting the information out there can help you help others understand you better. So um, certainly appreciate any share. How many people say, I wish Eat to Reform was my only feed. It's like, right. it can't be. Yeah. You know, all those negative people, you know, I mean, I get a lot of people that request to be a friend of mine 
that I don't know who they are, you know, so I just click friend, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, um, there's just some weird video and I just press unfollow. Like, <laughs> but like, I just don't understand why people think it's so hard, you know? I mean, yeah. just call your your list every now and again and make sure that those negative people in your life, but let's be real, you gotta keep old Betsy from the cleanse because you think to yourself, well, I might need that cleanse six months from now, so I don't want Betsy to go totally away, you know, but I'm tired of her pictures with that damn dog, you know, <laughs> that dog ruined my yard, and that's why I'm really pissed off at Betsy. Oh, you're too funny. All right, guys. Everybody enjoy your weekend. I like, I don't know what he's talking about. All right. <laughs> I gotta go now. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.